heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Well, all roads lead to the conversation we are about to have today, my fellow Americans. So I'm asking for your undivided attention as we connect a few dots today. And this is a message that we want to share with the world and really wake people up to the truth here. A welcome into the voice of a nation. It is Malcolm out loud here. This next piece I want to read to you is from a brilliant essay on America Out Loud from Dr. Peter Bregan. The world needs an immediate outpouring of political energy and determination to stand up for the best kind of government yet conceived. Constitutional democracy, as envisioned and codified by the founders of the United States of America and preserved by Abraham Lincoln. The rest, strengthening and spread of these republics is the single most important political goal and the greatest necessity on earth today. If a revival of government as the protector of individual and political freedom is not achieved in the near future with fair and monitored elections, the tragedy of totalitarian rule will continue to descend over the planet, snuffing out individual liberty and crushing all the advances in human well-being that have taken place since America's successful war of independence and legacy of the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. Two global empires enslaving the world, my fellow Americans, and we'll pick it up there now and bring on Dr. Peter Bregan joins me. Dr. Bregan is a psychiatrist, a psychotherapist, uh, he has had an amazing career and has really fought, fought uh, I'd say he's fought evil a lot of his life. And certainly he's fighting the globalists now. And uh, it is always my privilege to have you here, Dr. Peter Bregan, on my programs. You are really in high order. I mean, people look at the work you've done and they look at everything you've contributed to this fight and we're so blessed to have you here at America Out Loud, Dr. Peter Bregan. Welcome, sir. Malcolm, you you are such a star. My wife, Ginger, and I were just so glad to know you. We're glad to talk with you on the air, off the air. We feel that the, the platform that you've created for our columns and for our radio show that we do together, Ginger and I, and for so many other really amazing people, is it's really one of the great contributions to freedom in the world, Malcolm. We're just so glad to be your friend and to work with you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. That means the world to me. It really does. It is I who am privileged and blessed to be sure uh, to be working with you, sir. There's no doubt about that. Uh, my duty in all this is a mission. It's a mission from God Almighty. It's why I do what I do. 
Uh, and I've been driven this all my life um, to get to this moment in time, uh, my friends. So I want to ask you something personally to start this conversation today, because the essay I want to tell folks about today is absolutely a brilliant read and a very important read. I, I just can't say it enough that it's it's an epic sort of essay that just unwinds the mind and helps us connect some dots to really understand. It's a great follow-up to your masterful book, in fact, uh, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey, uh, to be sure. Now, I want to ask you a personal question, though. This is important. I think uh, I want to know, and I think I think a lot of listeners would love to know, at this point of your life, normally, somebody in your position now would just be enjoying the fruits of their labor. They would have disconnected already a few things. They would have just been living life to the fullest in whatever way, shape, or form that might be. But you are in the fight of a lifetime, and you've taken this on in ways that I don't think people truly understand. And it it is remarkable, really, that someone with your stature and at this point of your life that you would take this journey. Why do this at this moment of your life? I mean, why not just enjoy the years you have here? Why fight these evil bastards and the <laughs> globalist fight that's happening? Tell me, please. Well, why don't you ask me a simple question? Why don't you ask me a hard question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. When I was a, a little boy, probably four or five, I remember saying to myself, that when I grew up, I would tell the adults how difficult childhood was and is for all of us kids. Now, where as a small child did I get an idea like that? I don't know. But I have felt from the beginning that I'm supposed to do something on this earth. And um, I lost track of God along the way. I became kind of progressive. But I'd never lost track of... um, that I'm supposed to do something, that I have certain abilities, which I didn't even understand. Um, I mean, um, God, real personal, Malcolm. (laughs) When I was in sixth grade, I came out of this long kind of just bewilderment and questioning. um, And I got out of the blue elected class president. I never talked about this on the air. And that that went on, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, eleventh grade, I was vice president. And then I, I became the editor of the newspaper, so I couldn't run for office. I didn't try to do the, that. There was just something going on where I was supposed to do something. Hmm. And I did not know what it was. Right. I remember asking my dad, um, you know, tell my dad, gee, I would love to. Can I be a can I be a, a union a labor leader when I grow up? <laughs> my dad was a, a a really good, solid Democratic liberal person in the old school, and he said, "No, son, um, you you can't do that. You'd have to be in a labor." A family, labor working family. You'd have to be a labor and a worker to work your way up. And I was at a loss. Hmm. Um, and then when I got hmm. to college, and this I have talked about a little bit before, I, I was um, in a special program at Harvard, American History and Literature. It was sort of the 
grooming program for being a professor, maybe a lawyer, but mostly you're like a professor of American history and literature. And um, my friend uh, asked me to go out to the state mental hospital and to do a volunteer program, work one his volunteer program, he and his older brother, who was also at Harvard, were doing. And I walked into the into that place and I saw what looked to me like uh, my Uncle Dutch's uh, description of liberating a Nazi extermination camp toward the end of the war. Uh, it, it reminded me of the pictures I'd seen as a nine or ten-year-old of... Uh, on movie tone news and what was supposed to be just a family movie, the movie tone news of the liberating the extermination camps. And I thought, this is so similar. This is like, this is like right in our country. This is like a, a concentration camp, maybe even an extermination camp. And hmm. I learned more and more about what was going on. And I found that the, I didn't feel any different than the people who were in, in this place. And I think that was a key. I can't tell you why, Malcolm. Yeah. But it was like, there but for the grace of God go I. And I thought, this is something I can do. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that, that began a reform career. Yeah, yeah there, there's, there's a flame burning in you somewhere in your soul that when you say like, well, I'm supposed to do something that that really rings in my 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 ears, uh, Peter, in my in my mind here, in my soul. Uh, let's take the conversation up right now, please, uh, to uh, at least fifty thousand feet. We could even go as high as eighty thousand if we need to. Okay, uh, so let's do that right now. This brilliant essay you have that is on AmericaOutloud.com right now on the front page, friends. It's a definite read. Uh, read it a couple times, actually, and uh, share this with people you know that it needs to be shared with. Uh, it's entitled Two Global Empires Enslaving the World. It's now or never to stop them. Now, we'll get to the last part of that title a little bit later in this broadcast. It's now or never to stop them. But let's talk about those two global empires enslaving the world. And you say in the piece here, pressing on them from the one side is the Eastern Global Empire led by the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. And on the other side is a, a broad array of Western global predatory individuals, institutions, and governments making up the Western Global Empire. All right, full stop right there. Now, uh, let's put that out there, Peter. And, and now help us draw a picture, please, on what listeners need to understand about this East and West coming together, where the criminality and the evil is in all of this, and why this became showplaced and showcased throughout COVID, and why we're sort of at a, I don't know, kind of a teeter-totter moment at this point as we look at uh, our freedoms, our you know, our, our lives. Yeah. Well, I think one of the first things is is uh, most folks, even educated folks, have no idea about the power and ambitions of the Chinese Communist Party. Um, even now, um, I've gotten a couple of emails saying, well, with the Chinese having so much trouble and rebellion in their country, uh, do you still uh, you know, have the basic idea of your book? which uh, is that our major enemy, right, uh, ultimately is the Chinese Communist Party. And they don't realize that 
the Chinese communists are not like us. They don't plan from election to election. Um, certainly Xi Jinping plans to stay in power, but the the Chinese think in terms of uh, probably thousands of years. Xi Jinping's, uh, he's the, the head of the Communist Party, mm-hmm. um, models himself after a Chinese emperor who solidified China 250 years before the birth of Christ and who developed a totalitarian empire and who thought of the empire as uh, covering from heaven to earth um, and as far and wide as his imagination could go. So you have the Chinese empire now uh, that's a co- both communist and an imperialistic uh, empire. And it has plans like you, uh, like the Western powers don't get to do under democracy. They have infiltrated Western society at every level. They have a concept of uh, the Belt and Road Initiative where they're acting like a world bank, but with an army um, and uh, lending money and making nations, some 40 or more nations around the world, more dependent on them and then using them and building ports. They almost got that. They almost got to run a port in Israel. And they tried many years ago to run, I think it was LA uh, uh, port, but they managed, managed somehow to discourage that. But this Belt and Road Initiative is very powerful. They have their own local southeastern uh, free trade group that includes our allies, Japan, Australia, New New Zealand, South Korea, but not us. They plan to use their currency as finally as a digital currency. Uh, They're the first nation to have a digital currency that they're using. Their goal is to replace the dollar and to do that through that trade pact. They're in another trade pact that's uh, called the BRIC, which involves uh, Brazil and Russia and a few other nations, India. Um, That's without the United States. Um, They have corrupted innumerable American politicians. And the man that they have that's in power now in the U.S., Joe Biden, um, I mean, he's like he's like a puppet of them. I mean, a creation of the two empires, actually. But the Biden family is corrupted to the tens of millions of dollars to the Chinese communists and some more to the Ukraine and a few other places that uh, Hunter Biden would uh, negotiate with off of uh, uh, you know the the uh, pre- the vice presidential air- airplane Air Force Two. Um, so this is not a power that is loosened up by uh, some uh, unrest and rebellion in its own country. Uh, they remain on a on a trajectory to surpass the United States and take us over, unless we remain aware of this. So then, then you have the Western Empire. And um, they are also manipulating and controlling a lot of what goes on, even in our military and the destruction of our military, the destruction of our police, the destruction of our borders, uh, the destruction of the pipeline. All of this craziness is understandable 
if you are catering to the globalists and not to your own nation. It's the opposite of America first. It's globalism first. Right, it explains right. everything these guys are doing. And and can we assume that America first, like you say, versus globalists first? That's a that that you know I hadn't heard that phrase that way before, but that's actually a good phrase um, to use in discussion um, uh, moving forward. Peter, globalists first, right? That's their plan, right? Globalists first. <laughs> Absolutely. But that's why, again, uh, someone like a Donald Trump who has a make America great again. The interesting thing about Trump to fit into this equation back to the Western powers and the threat that he was is that he isn't it isn't it interesting, Peter, or, or is it strange or is it by coincidence or not or intentional from God Almighty? I wonder that Donald Trump rose to power. At a time, because if you go back to 2015, 2014, we really weren't having these kinds of conversations before COVID like we're having now, where this thing got on steroids, where we knew they were what the globalists were up to. In fact, back then, a lot of people, like you say, you get conversations now, people say, do you, do you still feel that way about the CCP when they're having all these problems internally? I get those same questions, by the way. I get them all the time. People ask. Well, look at they're having all these problems. Do you think they can still do what they're going to do? But back to my point about Trump, how do you feel that fits in the, the coincidence or not a coincidence in the moment that, that his point to rise to power as president of the, of the United States, most unlikely uh, uh, character ever uh, to come out of nowhere with no affiliations, political, didn't take political money, ran a very independent campaign and then basically told everybody to go to hell and pissed off the establishment, uh, you know, consequently. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? So isn't that ironic? Make America great again is a direct uh, in contrast with this globalist first, isn't it? Yes. And Trump was uh, consciously aware of this because one of the people he told to bug off or don't bother me, I don't care, were the Koch brothers. Right. Because the Koch brothers are these, uh, now one of them's gone. The um, they they were the epitome of so-called libertarianism and freedom. That's right. But they they mean that in a selfish, self-centered, uh, uh, omnipotent way. They don't mean uh, literally freedom. They they mean predation, and um, they were they knew Trump was going to be for closing the borders pulling back industry from China and things like that that would strengthen America. And so the Cokes uh, refused to support Trump. I remember deal. that. I remember and that. It, well, they yeah. believe in freedom, Peter, only the kind as long as that they had the power within that. Within that yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And, um, uh, and, and Trump came out and said specifically, they're globalists. I'm not. Right. I remember that. Let me yeah. ask you now. I want to. I want to follow that up. Take what you just explained now with Donald Trump being who he is, and the the, the interesting uh, contrast with the Koch brothers uh, is an interesting con contrast. If you're thinking about this in the terms uh, of um, what their agenda was, and where Trump and his discontent there and to all of the others in there those well libertarians or uh, staunchy republicans didn't really like trump they didn't see they weren't he wasn't part of their powerhouse it was a struggle of power basically between the houses and 
What makes a Donald Trump a Donald Trump in his heart and soul, do you think, Peter Bregan, versus a Bill Gates or a George Soros, and of course, more so a Bill Gates, an American here, why is it that one guy that seeks power is in it for different reasons? What, what? I mean, we don't really know what's in their heart or their soul, but my God, you made a career out of studying the 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 uh, the, um, the makeup of people, the psychology behind people. You're in a fascinating field. I, I love <laughs> what you do. Really, though, I, I would have loved to have had a career doing what you did. Funny as a layman in that in the in your field. I actually did that all my life in the sales field and did pretty damn good at it, Peter, being able to figure out people, oh, of <laughs> on course. The flight, you know, and as a radio guy, you have to do that. But but yeah. back to my point here, Trump, and what makes him that way, do you think, versus a Bill Gates and a Soros that way? Any, any idea? Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, <clears throat> like many other people, you kind of use the past tense about me being a psychiatrist, but I, I still actually see patients, believe it or wow. not. Yeah, I have a practice, uh, much smaller than it once was when I was very young, but I have a practice, and I, I, uh, my entire practice now is, um, you know, long distance or even even local people. I, wow. I, I talk to them on, uh, on, uh, you know, FaceTime usually or something else. But yeah. but, but back to that Trump and yeah. and, uh, and and what I'm, I'm really trying to understand, please, what makes the man. What makes I think to- that Trump loves America, and does I Bill think- Gates love America? Oh God, no! Well, what does he love? Does he just like the planet? What's he love? What's he? He loves power. Yeah, but hold on, hold on. I'm going to stop you there a minute now because I'm going to suggest you Trump loves power too. I don't think it's his first goal. I think he. Uh, I think the man has a, a real love of people. Comes across when he talks. Um, he has a you know, when he's talking, mm-hmm. he really cares about the people he's talking to. How often right. do you see that in a politician? Right, right, right. He's a guy right. and he's a kind of a rough, roughneck guy. And um, well, he's a, think, he's a New York businessman, yeah, construction yeah. worker. What do you want? Yeah, right? exactly. And I think he saw the light of America going out. Yeah. And he decided with his wife that who's a powerful woman. I'm sure in her own right. And he decided he was going to save America and save America first. And that was his program. But I, uh, I think that he, this is going to sound silly to people. I don't think he understood evil. Ginger is fond of saying, this is a man who built buildings and he knew they had to be built properly or they fell down and people got killed and you got sued. He didn't conceive of people who were purely venal, purely uh, trying to get around ethics and morality and principles. And so he literally could not judge the people who were around him. And I think that the, um, the deep state realized that, and that's how they got the general um, Flynn, why they attacked General Flynn, because he was a more sophisticated man, I think, about uh, about freedom and about evil destroying it. I don't think he got it. And then he's a proud businessman. You know, they talked him into believing that he developed uh, warp speed, mm-hmm. and he didn't. That had been in development by the Western predators, led by Bill Gates and led by Klaus Schwab and led by a big, a big trust in Great Britain and led by uh, 
you know, the the some of the American uh, trusts, just a whole bunches of power, right. had made it the decade of the vaccine before Trump even knew it. He may not have even known that uh, Gates was visiting with Fauci mm-hmm. and putting Fauci on his special committee 10 years earlier right, to right. do warp speed. I don't think he realized no, he it. And he got totally taken in. Yeah. In fact, unless you read, read still one of the only sources where you're going to find out all this stuff is in our book, COVID-19, The Global Predators, how this thing was planned. And I think he got schnookered. He got taken in. And then, of course, he has a big ego, which means, you know, whenever you have here, I'll be the th- psychologist, therapist. When you have a big ego, it means you have vulnerabilities, it always means that you have vulnerability. Interesting. You see somebody who just is really, really, you know, caught up in himself. It's because he's not quite fully caught up in in the, his own strength. Doesn't even appreciate it, probably. So I think he had those vulnerabilities. They played to it. Um, he somehow just couldn't get rid of Fauci, couldn't get rid of Burks, and they were the... They were the stormtroopers, the henchmen, not not in any way the power. The power was lies people we may never know. Bankers, huge banking industry and worldwide. I mean, there are people who are probably even, you know, working over Bill Gates. <laughs> we don't know. We do know that, that the power is all there and, and it just came down on us in COVID-19 and got exposed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we just stumbled on it. I, I very much find it fascinating uh, your reference, uh, which actually helps clear up a few things for for me. Um, when you reference his ego on the vulnerabilities that are attached to an ego, that makes good sense actually, uh, and surely does in the case of um, Donald Trump, I believe. Yeah, because because the the answer back, I would say, in the picture you drew out there would tell me that he the calculus is that he made a lot of grave errors with the, putting certain people around him back to the operation warp speed and the reason i even you know know what we're talking about i asked these questions when i talked to dr paul alexander the yes. other day yeah and he was there in the administration as you know the yeah. hhs and i asked him exactly that and because to me the crux of it was the operation warp speed and i said listen you know, and he still, I heard him afterward brag about the the vaccines like they were a good thing. And I thought, Paul, what's going on there, man? I said, does anybody really tell this man that the data and evidence show otherwise? And it was an interesting interchange with Paul and what he came back with. Uh, but I think we nailed it in the crux of that uh, conversation we had the other day um, in regards to Donald Trump. And he, what you just said, he was snookered. He was snookered, you know, uh, it, he was bamboozled. Right. You know, yeah. and they they kind of got him in that position. And but, you know, but I have to tell you in full in, in full disclosure. But, you know, Peter, in some ways, he still made those decisions and let it happen. He's yeah. still, still accountable for that. I'm sorry. Yes, he is. Yes, yeah. he is. He made those decisions, uh, whether you're snookered or not. And, you know, here's a man when he was on The Celebrity Apprentice that always talked and was brazen about the people you had around you, top leadership. You remember, he, that was a big thing for his career, remember, you know. 
Yeah, that, right I don't know around. enough about the TV show. No. Yeah, but well, having the right people yeah. around him, it was. Yeah. It was what if you study his book and his background as, mm-hmm. as a businessman? That's that's his yeah. crux of it. He talks about leadership a lot, yeah. and he talks about having the right people. And if you're not the right person, guess what he would say? Hey, you're fired. Yeah. You know, see, I think there's an evil in globalism that doesn't even fully ever get expressed in real business. There is a slimy destructiveness. Well, isn't that called? But is, is some people would say and ask, isn't that called capitalism? Well, that's another big question. <laughs> and I'm afraid that. Once you get human beings in large groups, mm-hmm. they are taken over by predators. They may call themselves capitalists, these big corporate heads, but they are predators. And that's and they're very little different from Xi Jinping, who had the smarts to, to develop pseudo-capitalism in his own country. That is, it's not free enterprise to develop a, uh, this capitalist facade that is not free enterprise to manipulate and uh, becoming a combination fascist because that's fascism and capitalism, uh, uh, fascism, excuse me, and communism. And and that, that marks him as being different, I think, than Stalin, for example, and made him more powerful. Uh, once people get in groups, we're not prepared to manage things and the bullies take over. I do not know the answer to this, but this is the story of history. Bullies began conspiring to take over villages and towns as soon as we began to live in them. Yeah, that's yeah. 10, I, I think you're right. Ago. I think you're right. That's a part I, of my I, essay that I think is worth yeah. people reading. Yeah, too. yeah, I think you're right. I absolutely think you're right in the way you lay that out there. And uh, uh, the 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 evil uh, gets into these power groups. You're right, and they take the group over, or they dominate the conversations and the yeah. actions of that. And of course, we're seeing that on a worldwide scale right now, Peter, as well. You know. Um, That's evil. it. That's what and, and, and what I want to talk to you about in the in the second part of the conversation here, Peter, is more about actually. This was a great segue here because I want to talk to you more about the infiltration of these people into our high reaches of government. It's one of the things that concern me. That I think about what am I supposed to do? Back to what you and I said when we opened up the program. Like, well, we're supposed to be doing something you know, very, very marvelous, very pointed. We, you know, we, we just know we're here for a reason. And we're part of this movement to set the record straight, to put good where evil is, to put justice where injustice is, to right the wrongs, right? All of that. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we do. And so we've committed our lives to that, Peter Bregan. And and I have as well. That's my life is committed to that. I I, I hate to see somebody suffer, hate to see somebody suffer. And we'll always stop that in its track to set, you know, that's the picture of good that fights evil. Is that not correct? Yeah. Right. I have that same view of the universe. So does Ginger. Yeah. We, def- we feel that way very strongly. Yeah. And we feel that if there's just only a small number of people, right. we can turn the tide. That is what has happened throughout history, yeah. um, <clears throat> that we have to have dedicated people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, I mean, there's that's the thing I know about you. You is the good in your heart, in your soul is uh, it's unmatched. It's 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 unmatched at that level. 
Um, and, you know, you meet people along the journey. Sometimes they're very special and people that are part of that mission of life. And we're on to something here, but I want to, I want to, as we get our minds unwound here a little bit and then wound up here, we're, we're still up around 50, 60,000 feet at the moment, but we're, we will descend into the airport shortly, friends, as we always do with these talks, you know, but uh, I, I do want to talk about the infiltration you know, I, I look at the accountability of a conversation like this, and I'm, I'm just I'm talking to listeners now, but uh, Peter, you hear me and we'll talk about this in the second part of the conversation here in a moment here. But here's the thing. I, I you know, I, I look at the infiltration of these people and I say, well, OK, how does this happen? Why does it happen? Why are we jeopardizing our existence for, for, for God's sakes? Why? I mean, these are the questions. And then we look at the infiltration of these people into the, the high reaches of very powerful positions. Well, who put them there? I mean, these are the responsibility of we the people. We put them there. And, you know, it seems to me like we're in a generational shift here where, as I often say sometimes, and I don't say this with a jump in my step, Peter, but I'll have you comment on this later, is, you know, Tom Brokaw wrote, you know, The Greatest Generation, and he wrote coming out of World War II, you know, it was the, I mean, save the world, save the world, man, not just a country, save the whole world, the planet. So how do we go from the greatest generation to the most screwed up generation on planet Earth? That really is a hell of a question, isn't it? I'll pose that to Dr. Peter Bregan after the pause here in a moment here, friends, but Wow. All right. Well, listen, uh, you're listening to the voice of a nation. Uh, I've got to take a moment to tell you a big program, a note here. Got to got to help me now. Got to pay attention. And because you're going to be asking me later what happened. So the voice of a nation, this program here at 6 p.m. Eastern time will go silent uh, next week, friends, um, at that six o'clock hour. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a big moment. And uh, so the last show and the last broadcast will be on the 20th of December, the Tuesday, the 20th. And proudly, uh, I, I say to you with great enthusiasm, on Wednesday, the 21st, we start a new era here at America Out Loud. And at 6 p.m. on the drop time will be the Tom Rents show. Of the Tom Wrench Show. He begins right there. It's a daily broadcast, which is, it's hard to imagine that a man is this busy and uh, with his, you know, hands on so many vital things in our nation that he's committed to that. But he is truly committed to righting the wrongs and righting the ship. And he, he knows the importance of having his uh, own megaphone and not just relying on the media oligarchs. So that's why he's doing this. And he's a, he's a wonderful person, wonderful human being, right in the caliber of Dr. Peter Bregan and the conversation he and I've been having here. So he starts anyway, six o'clock Wednesday. You're going to love this. This is must listen to talk radio. And he'll be here Monday through Friday. He'll be dealing all kinds of stuff, breaking news stories. He, his hands are in a lot of those stories. And uh, it's going to be really exciting, really, really exciting to have a caliber of a world-class attorney like this. Uh, leading the charge. So anyway, 6 p.m. Monday through Friday, the Tom Wrench Show takes takes the airwaves here. Now, as a final footnote to my loyal listeners, and as we continue to, we're doing some remarkable things here at America Out Loud at the network, but the Voice of a Nation goes silent uh, for the next month. And in January, uh, I will make some other announcements for you, some very exciting things. 
Now, for this broadcast, which I cannot talk about now or unveil, uh, but I want to share with you that you're not going to keep Mr. Out Loud uh, too silent, too long, clearly. Now, I'll still be on the weekends with you on Viewpoint this Sunday, naturally, bringing on great guests and doing all the work there. Uh, but again, uh, Mr. Out Loud is, will always be Mr. Out Loud. Um, some people would like to say, Mr. Be Quiet or Mr. Shut Up, but it ain't going to happen, friends. It ain't going to happen. So anyway, so we'll be, I'll be back and report that news to you as we're ready to do that. But I got to tell you this other quick footnote, and I am just a jumping to the moon here. I, I, I leaked this the other day with Paul Alexander when I had him on for the full hour, you remember, you know? And of course, he worked with Trump in the HHS, and we had, he's got that great book out, Presidential Takedown, and those books, and including the Breckens, are in the America Out Loud bookstore and on the front page, but uh, Dr. Paul Alexander has a new show coming to America Out Loud Talk Radio, Monday through Friday. You heard it. I can't give you any more details than that right now, but we'll have the details next week. We're going to unveil some interesting things on the network, going to be shifting some really important things on the schedule. But that's right. I got to tease that up with you right now. It's called the Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour. Isn't that cool? And that'll be happening here as well on the broadcast. So that's real, real exciting. Uh, we've got some other really hot things. I, I I could sit the next hour and tell you the grand plans for the new year, but why do that? We'll just live it all together and hold hands here, friends. Uh, well, listen, we're going to take a quick pause here. We'll rejoin with Dr. Peter Bregan to continue this very, very important talk here. You're listening to the voice of a nation. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. All right. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the povidone iodine-based nasal spray Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the CofixRx banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Welcome back, my fellow Americans, to the voice of a nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and always a privilege to be with you. I tell you that all the time. It is indeed my privilege uh, to be on the airwaves. I always consider it really a blessing 
And always before I come on here on the Mike Goes Hot and every broadcast, you know, I take 15, 20 seconds and just meditate and praise God for the for the for the beautiful, awesome privilege of this. Uh, well, I can't call it a job, but whatever I'm doing exactly, <laughs> it is indeed a blessing here. Uh, let's rejoin here now with Dr. Peter Bregan back on uh, with me. And he is, of course, the co-author, along with Ginger Bregan, uh, COVID-19, The Global Predators, We Are the Prey, was a masterful book that laid chapter and verse, all the evil uh, connections. It's a connect the dot sort of game, you know. <laughs> That's what it is. And now he follows it up with this brilliant essay that you can read right now on America Out Loud. Two global empires enslaving the world. It's now or never to stop them. Okay, Dr. Peter Bregan, welcome back here. Let's talk about stopping them now, and let's talk about that infiltration. I want to use our time wisely for because we uh, and I want to bring the plane down a little bit uh, from fifty thousand feet and talk about one of the things I really have a hard time grasping: the infiltration of a lot of these characters and high reaches of government positions within the government bureaucracies. Uh, Dr. Paul Alexander and I even pointed some of that out the other day: the Walenskys, the Hans. You know, the the, uh, the 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 Fauci's, the Berkses. I mean, they're all over the place. They're all globalist sort of thinkers. And then you have in Congress, these Congress people, the senators, you have, you know, throughout, you have justices, you have judges, justices, you've got high reaches of government in all positions. Why is it the worst of us are getting into these positions and the infiltration of these cats of the evil into all these positions are creating this demise you know, from the days of when Nixon opened up China, we rebuilt China, the West has, we've made China what they are. Now China is re, re, repaying the favor and, and, and gut punching is right, slapping right in the gut uh, with a punch. How is it we've got the wrong, the infiltration of these people? How do we get them out of there? Because really, we're in a heap of trouble here. Let me comment on the idea that Nixon opened up China which was one of the things that I thought um, before I started really reading a lot of really good books, many of which I actually mentioned in the, in the uh, essay so that people could just go and really read about China and read more about the predators. Um, the Chinese have been planning for some time. How were they going to open up America? And um, Henry Kissinger um, was a contact person for them. And Henry Kissinger, throughout his his life, made money bringing business to China. As of like just the two years ago at major conferences, Kissinger was there, um, for example, at the Ma Ma Mike Bloomberg's um, annual conference, brings together yeah. powerhouse uh, uh, people from around the world, powerhouse corporations. And he has the Chinese communists co-sponsor his conferences. Can you imagine that? Big, big Mike uh, Bloomberg, you know, he used to, he was the many time mayor of our greatest city, supposedly New York city. And a man like Kissinger played a key role in getting Nixon together with the, uh, uh, Chinese authorities and opening up business for his cronies and his colleagues 
Uh, but China had been planning on that for a long time. Well, I agree with you. They had, but did, we've made. I guess my point is, we made it easy for China, though, didn't we? Yes, we did, because people in power are easily corrupted. Lord Acton said, and it was just true that power corrupts, and you know, uh, the bigger your power, the more um, more big your corruption. He yeah. said it is probably impossible to be in a position of real power without being corrupt because that's how you get there despite some some folks uh yeah. you know um playing down the idea of conspiracies and and uh, people plotting and scheming that is the history of the world i mean i noticed this very personally early on back in the 70s when i was doing a lot of, of major media back then and then I ended up getting canceled for quite a while, but uh, I was taking on the drug companies and um, I would be picked up in a limo in Bethesda, Maryland, driven downtown to uh, any number of uh, major networks. And I would have a really interesting discussion with the driver who had a gen usually had genuine skepticism about people and about power and um, he would be the drivers would always be interested in what I was saying about how bad drugs were for people and for kids. And they'd tell me stories about it in their own lives. And then I'd get to the station and I'd go on the air with some uh, famous uh, person interviewing me who would just be just so skeptical that the drug companies would be that bad, that people would be that corrupt. Until well, because finally people have that, a hard time figuring that out, uh, with all due well, respect. Well, I think Peter. it's the people that get to the top who have a hard time figuring it out. <laughs> See, I think this is important. Their power depends on not figuring it out. Hmm. And so the higher you get the more you're dealing with people who are so invested in the power structure mm -hmm. that they can't even think yeah. straight. They can't possibly raise issues. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So I think that's that's one of just these human failings that we, we have. But so, a, I mean, but, 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 but for time now, back to the rest of us, but now we've got these people in these positions. Let's take now and let's turn the corner just a bit here, because in the essay you talk about, I mean, right out there, it's now or never to stop them. And because uh, you, you also have a great piece here, how will the current global battle proceed? And I love what you say here at this very moment, the earth is no more free of violent conspiratorial empires than it has been in past centuries. Now, stop, pause right there a minute. I got to tell you, I've been thinking about that a lot, actually. You know, we didn't invent evil in this generation. I mentioned That's Brokaw right. earlier. Yeah, I mentioned Brokaw, the greatest to the most good of generation. And okay, fine. But we didn't invent evil. Evil has been here, well, since the garden scene, for sure, since Adam and Eve had that little squabble there. And it's been here from the get-go. And uh, it, it's just part of the makeup of Satan and God and good and evil and what we're fighting here on planet Earth. And so we didn't invent it, but it seems to be, I don't know, it seems to be at a point now it's it's our undoing. Is it our undoing? Are we worse off now than we were? Like, did, did they think, I, I have a feeling, Peter, and I, maybe it's, maybe I'm just too close to all this anymore, but like a hundred years ago, even 200 years ago, and surely 50 years ago, how many times was the world going to end? How many times did they talk about the globalist empire? How many times 
was evil going to show its face? And like, this isn't the first time, right? No, but it is the first time that the technology and the organizational abilities of computers like artificial intelligence and the first time that the money capital has been so uh, thoroughly um, globalized Okay. That that now the empires genuinely can be global. One of the things I mentioned in the essay is I was trying to put all this together. And you're right that it really is my follow-up to the book, this essay, yeah. that um, the, uh, the ability now for the first time is to be a global empire. So that's where they're going to go. If you think back to World War II, and I, I really was you know, I had to kind of think these things out for myself, even though they're obvious, they're not talked about. The United States and the Allies during World War II fought several uh, empires. The Nazis wanted to rule the world. They didn't want to just rule Germany. Once they, even you know, while they were clamping down on Germany, they invaded Poland and then they want, uh, They were so eager to rule as much play, land as possible that Hitler broke the pact with Stalin and drove his armies crazily into Russia to become the second, you know, uh, uh, great Fuhrer after Napoleon, who, who would, uh, you know, not exactly uh, handle that very well. So they were empire building. And then Russia actually builds on its empire during World War II and develops a second great empire. And then while we were sleeping or actually even mm. helping them, our capitalists were helping Mao, yeah, yeah. Uh, we get a third empire. So this tendency toward empires is there throughout and the threat is great throughout. We could have lost the war yeah. to, uh, to, 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 to the Imperial Japan and... Uh, and Hitler, right, right. But now they can do it without firing. So right, many uh, that's shots. what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like what now you're saying. What's different about this now is that the the how do you say, uh, Peter? The stars are aligned just perfectly. That all of these things are in place now uh, with the technology, with the with the human capital, with the AI world, with all of the factions and the empire of the CCP rising at the probably the worst possible time. And when we got such crooked political uh, uh, dimwits in Washington, D.C., on both sides of the aisle, that creates... Well, they're owned. They're owned by the CCP right, on the right, one hand and right. by the global predators on the Western Empire right. as well. So we have, a, we have a storm brewing. We, what, what you and I are describing right now, let's let's be sure, let's be clear. I'm looking in the distance here and I see a storm brewing, uh, Peter. It, it, maybe tornad tornadic activities, whatever, coming toward us. Everything is a perfect alignment for this storm to come through now. Is that what we're seeing? I think so. And I mean, as soon as as they went to fix the election mm -hmm. by throwing Trump off of all of his social media, by uh, getting um, Google and uh, all kinds of other techni technical folks to shift uh, information toward the uh, extreme left, uh, to make it a, a one-sided nation in a sense, a one-party nation, 
Um, as soon as they managed that, and I believe just stole the election, if not by fraud in the voting booths, but I'm sure there was a ton of it, but but just by the media. Changing the rules. As soon as, that's right. As soon as it became a one-party nation in terms of the, the big technology companies, the media, the social media, and so on, we were over the edge. And I think we, I think You're the right. storm clouds have broken. We may even be in the eye of the storm, for all I know. It, oh, that's interesting. Hold on. Now, freeze that thought. <laughs> right. Oh, that's fascinating. Man, think about what you just said, Peter. Wow. Wow. So if we are, we may very well be. Okay. So let's see. Right, hold on now. This is an essay. <laughs> this is a future essay, Peter. This is another book you and I, you and I should write this one. But here's what I'm thinking. Over the last three years, We've been through this half of the storm, and we're now trapped in the eye of the storm. Think of the visual here, Peter. My yeah. golly. We're, we're trapped in the eye of the storm, what we've just divulged right here. And now from the eye of that storm, there's a whole other storm on the other side. we got to go through here. My God, that scares the hell out of me. Maybe you should change the title of this show to the eye in the eye of the storm. That's exactly it, brother. That's you exactly said that maybe right. we'd come up with a better time. Well, there it is. But we need to be talking about this further is what I'm suggesting to you. I don't, that's got to be a new book you and I do. How to, you know, how to win the eye of the storm, how to break through the eye of the storm, how to, you know, I mean, we're kind of trapped in here at the moment, aren't we? I mean, interesting way to look at it. Isn't yes, it? I, I think we are trapped. I, I think it's much worse than anybody imagines. I honestly feel, Malcolm, and I've never said this on the air before, okay that this country could come down in a matter of weeks or months or years. I mean, yeah. nobody predicts human behavior well, yeah. but it could be very abrupt Yeah. Um, because yeah. they've gotten away with January 6th, yeah. imprisoning for now, I don't know, is it two years or more? I lose yeah. track. Yeah. People torturing them and stop putting them in solitary confinement. Yeah. Let me, can I give one more historical perspective that may help? We got two minutes. Yeah, we, we got one minute. Go ahead. Oh, that's just one minute. Well, <clears throat> we signed our Constitution in 1789. The greatest event for freedom was culminated, consummated on that day, that year. The same year, the French, claiming to do a similar revolution, did the evil revolution. The man, men will rule the world, men, not laws. Uh, good men will make it better. And and what developed out of that was the first, I think, really modern tyranny with millions of people slaughtered in the name of what? Uh, equity, uh, uh, brotherhood, whatever their, their, their slogans were at the time. And it devolved into an empire. Napoleon finally took it over, the chaos, and made an empire out of it and then was defeated. Now, this is the beginning of the models we are seeing for the pseudo-freedom movements that have oppressed the world ever since. And now it is the, the, the weakened America standing against the French Revolution, standing against the godless, all these revolutions, they're all similar, they're godless, they have great That's aspirations, right. and they are and they well, they're godless because they are fighting the evil fight. They are. I, I look at these yeah, kind the of evil. characters. Yeah, I look at these characters, Peter, as uh, Satanists or Satan disciples. That's how I look in my mind at it. You know, 
um, they carry the torch for Satan. You follow me? You know? Oh, I do. I'm Jewish, as you know, and my my theology is a more limited one about God. I think Ginger, who's Christian, would would probably be nodding even stronger than I am. Yeah. It is evil. Mm-hmm. There's no and doubt. We are fighting evil, and that evil was displayed yeah. in 1980, 1789, with the signing of of our constitution of our uh, constitution and the breakout of violence. See, their their revolution starts with violence. Yeah, yeah. All right, Dr. Peter Bregan. Um, now, I mean, obviously, we could talk for hours, to say the least. This is oh, my surely, God, this is such an amazing conversation. This is surely not enough time, friends, which uh, obviously will have many follow-ups. Uh, Fight Dr. for Bre- America. Fight Dr. for our constitution. Fight for America, yeah. Dr. Bregan and I will talk many times on, on my... Um, my new broadcast, which I, I will tease you up on, but uh, not not ready to go there yet. But but listen, let me let me bring this to a, a capsule a thought here. I'm just encapsulation here of our thoughts here, and it's this: um, I love what we just discussed uh, with Dr. Peter Bregan and I. And we come to the end of this, and we're thinking. And you know what? What scares me even more so is his accuracy. And I have to tell you in full confession, and you know, I, I always tell you my confessions, my truth, friends, I'm the out loud truth. I, I don't do it otherwise. But what he just expressed to you is my greatest fear. Uh, I, I say that to you in solace. And I could just, uh, I could cry. But we are at the point of those moments when he says, in Malcolm, I mean, weeks or months or some period of time that we could come down that fast. And he's right. I've had this very awkward, strange feeling in past times here of the urgency of the moment and the message is all I can tell you. I have a sense in my soul and uh, that there's an urgent point to the conversations we're having right now. So I share that to you in good faith and and honesty that you understand the importance of that statement that we just ended on. And the other point that we're trapped in the center of the storm, the eye of the storm, friends, isn't that unbelievably significant? Sure. I mean, come on. It's it's out there. I'm going to end you with these words. In the words of uh, Dr. Peter Brecken, America's leadership has already been captured by globalists on both the Western and the Eastern global empires. But tens of millions of Americans now see through globalism and are beginning to see it as a totalitarian monster that is engulfing their country. The patriotic, traditional, liberty-loving Americans still have the opportunity to retake America, to resist predatory globalism. My fellow Americans, that is the rally and call right there that is in the magnificent essay back at America Out Loud. And now we must fight to get through the other eye of the storm. That's where we are right now. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America. America.